0: Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text Wondery Pod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text Wondery Pod to
2: 500-500. Tonight, the latest on gas shortages as prices spike from panic buying, the gas stations running dry, and the breaking news about when the pipeline will return to service. The long lines at the pumps, people ignoring calls not to hoard gas. And look at this, the city where the cost of fuel is up to nearly $7 a gallon. Plus, officials warn Americans not to fill plastic bags with gasoline. The Republican Party's civil war. The GOP pushes Liz Cheney out of party leadership for speaking out against the big lie. Her vow tonight to keep Donald Trump away from the Oval Office. The CDC says it's safe for teens to get the Pfizer vaccine and one city's new incentives, a free Chipotle or Starbucks gift card. War. Israeli airstrikes level buildings and kill Hamas leaders. Rockets from Gaza rain down on Israel in the worst fighting in years. Infrastructure deal, the rare meeting between the president and leaders from both parties, is a bipartisan deal on rebuilding America in sight. India's COVID disaster why the situation is far more dire than reported mid-air collision. Look at this. These incredible pictures of one plane nearly sliced in half. How were there no injuries? Ellen's bombshell announcement, why she'll walk away from her daytime talk show after 19 seasons. And rock and roll Hall of Fame's class of 2021. You Good evening and thank you for joining us on a busy Wednesday. We're going to begin tonight with breaking news because drivers along the East Coast have turned fears of a fuel crisis into an actual one, with panicked people emptying gas pumps at more than 10,000 stations across the Southeast. And as we come on the air, Colonial Pipeline, which supplies nearly half of the gas on the East Coast, says it has just restarted its operations after being hit by a ransomware attack this weekend. But it could take days before all that gas makes it to individual stores. And that's too late for many cities, including Atlanta, Charlotte, and Raleigh, where there are reports that as many as 70 percent of stations have run dry. Online rumors and social media posts have helped fuel the hysteria, leading worried customers to line up for hours and pushing the price per gallon up as much as 10 cents in South Carolina. Well, tonight, the national average is now above $3 a gallon. That's actually the highest it's been in nearly seven years. And the government is warning that people in search of fuel could do something dangerous as they attempt to hoard extra gas. So CBS's Manuel Borges is going to lead off our coverage tonight from North Carolina, where the situation is growing worse by the hour. Good evening, Manny.
4: Good evening, Nora. That late word of the pipeline restarting will certainly come as a relief to drivers in these long lines, but not an immediate one because it's not like flipping a switch. The fuel still has to travel through the supply chain before once again reaching the gas pumps so things may not get back to normal for several days. Tonight, panic drivers in North Carolina are sitting in long lines for hours, trying to fill up as the state is running low on gas. How hard was it to find the gas station? This is my fifth one that I've been to. Your fifth one today? Yes. How low were you? I'm OE. According to Gas Buddy, 68 percent of gas stations across North Carolina are out of gas, and almost half of the stations are out in Georgia, South Carolina, and Virginia, four states that have declared a state of emergency. An old viral video prompted the federal government today to post a tweet saying, do not fill plastic bags with gasoline. How much of it is panic
1: buying? The problem is, is that when people see that and you tell them to stay calm, it's like taking a box and putting a sign that says, do not look under this box.
4: There are now concerns about price gouging, with one Richmond, Virginia gas station seen charging $7 a gallon. The panic buying began after a ransomware attack targeted Colonial Pipeline on Friday, forcing the company, which delivers 40 percent of the fuel from Houston to New Jersey, to shut the pipeline down. The most
5: effective way to address the fuel shortages we're experiencing is for
4: everyone to remain calm and only get the fuel you need to carry out essential activities. The Energy Department waived some environmental rules for 12 states and Washington,
0: D.C. to help increase the supply of fuel. I've lifted some of the restrictions on the transportation of fuel as well as access to the United States military providing fuel. The disruption also impacted jet fuel
4: and diesel to several states. Today, several major airlines told CBS News that they are carrying enough fuel on board to limit refueling in an effort to preserve local supplies. Just to give you a sense of the stress level here at this gas station, there are now only two working pumps and two long lines trying to get to them. All of these drivers hoping they won't be the first to find out this station has also run dry. Nora?
2: Just incredible, Manny Bohorkas. Thank you. And the other big story we're following today, tonight, Liz Cheney has lost her job as the number three Republican in the House. Party members voted her out for speaking out against former President Trump's false claim that voter fraud cost him the election. CBS's Nicole Killian reports Cheney isn't going away quietly. Moments
6: after Liz Cheney's ouster by members of her own party, the Congresswoman emerged undeterred.
7: Congresswoman, do you feel betrayed by today's vote? I do not. I think that uh, it is uh, an indication of where the Republican Party is. We cannot be dragged backward uh, by uh, the very dangerous lies of a former president.
6: Cheney was booted as the number three leader in the party in a closed-door vote that lasted only about 15 minutes. The election is over. Sources inside the room tell CBS News the Wyoming Republican was booed after saying she won't embrace former President Trump's big lie that the 2020 election was stolen. She told them if you want leaders who will enable and spread his destructive lies, I'm not your person.
7: I uh, will do uh, everything I can to ensure uh, that uh, the former president never again gets anywhere near the Oval Office.
6: The former president, who has pushed for her removal for months, called Cheney a bitter, horrible human being as some of her Republican colleagues publicly celebrated her demise.
5: Frankly, it doesn't serve us well if she's creating fomenting division in our ranks.
6: The shakeup caps a remarkable turn of events for the GOP lawmaker who was once considered a possible future Speaker of the House. One of Cheney's few public supporters today, the widow of late Senator John McCain, who said Liz Cheney chose truth over lies. She chose country over party. Do you think the party has hit a low? I hope so. Another Illinois Republican, Adam Kinzinger, said his colleagues chose their path forward.
0: The conference has made their will heard. They want to continue to go along with uh,
4: this kind of Trump vision of the future of the party.
6: GOP leaders are backing New York Congresswoman Elise Stefanik to replace Cheney. She endorsed Cheney two years ago and is a staunch Trump ally. Some House conservatives don't think she's conservative enough and may mount a challenge, but Stefanik says she
2: has enough support. Nora. All right, Nicole Killian, thank you. And we're going to turn now to a major development tonight in the fight against COVID. The CDC just gave the green light to using the Pfizer vaccine in kids as young as 12. That's nearly 17 million more Americans. And there are some new incentives tonight in Ohio. Drawings will be held. Five winners will get a million dollars each. That's right, just for getting their shot. Here's CBS's Janet Chamleon.
0: This is one more giant step in our fight against the pandemic.
2: Tonight, it's official. The CDC recommending the
7: Pfizer vaccine for children 12 to 15 years old. You might have a headache, you might feel tired, okay? But some states started before the official okay. This clinic in Fayetteville, North Carolina, vaccinated kids in that age group Tuesday after authorization by the FDA. It wasn't painful. It felt like a little tap on my shoulder. The American Academy of Pediatrics is out with a new advisory today recommending the vaccine for all children 12 and older as soon as possible. One reason, children 17 and younger made up 18% of the nation's COVID cases in April. While we're fortunate that children aren't as seriously affected as adults on average, there's a lot of disease that's still going on and serious disease um, uh, that does affect kids. Terry Harrod took her 12-year-old son Bryce to get his shot in Atlanta's football stadium. Every day we would get up, we would look at the website and see if it was available for 12-year-olds. And yesterday was the first day it was. Harrod says she signed him up and they were in line 30 minutes later. What's it been like for the last year having little contact with your friends? Well, I didn't get to make as many memories with them because I've been quarantined. Bryce is the last in his family to get the shot, offering his mom a sense of relief. We want to get back to a more normal way of life, and so we want to go on a family vacation. He's going to summer camp. The kids are going back to school in the fall. In the push to get older teens vaccinated, incentives like this one in the San Francisco area, the first 100 in line got a free Chipotle or Starbucks gift card. They vaccinated more than 200 12 to 15-year-olds here at Atlanta's Mercedes-Benz Stadium yesterday. No final tally for today because they are open until 10 o'clock. And kids who come here for their first shot can get the second one anywhere else if they're out of town when the time comes. Nora?
2: All right, Janet Chamlian, thank you so much. All right, tonight, there is no let up in the worst fighting between the Israelis and Palestinians in years. President Biden spoke by phone today with Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu and later said Israel does have a right to protect itself. The U.S. is also sending an envoy to try to work out a ceasefire. CBS's Imtaz Tayab reports tonight from Tel Aviv.
3: Israel's air power on full display as Gaza's tallest building turned to rubble in an instant. It followed yet another day of tit-for-tat attacks, where Hamas fires its crude rockets indiscriminately into Israeli territory, only to be met with the full force of Israel's sophisticated weaponry. The death toll is rising on both sides, with civilians caught in the middle, like Faras al-Ghul. You must be terrified it is originally from dallas he's now trapped inside gaza with his pregnant wife
7: deep down you know she wants be what's best for me i don't know is that an airstrike
3: that is an airstrike yes. wow i just heard two large bangs a different terror is also unfolding across israel Here in Bat Yam, an Arab-Israeli man is beaten by a mob of Jewish-Israelis, while in places like Lod and Akr, it's neighbor versus neighbor, attacking each other's homes, businesses, and places of worship. This rabbi calls the situation a nightmare. Huge numbers of security forces have been sent to secure the towns, and curfews are now in effect. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said he'd restore peace back to these Israeli towns with a, quote, iron fist if he has to. But bringing these fractured communities back together again will no doubt require a much softer touch. Nora.
2: MTS Tayab, thank you. And tonight we're learning about a midair collision near Denver and remarkably there were no injuries. Look at this. Two small planes were preparing to land at a suburban airport when they collided over a state park. One pilot in a commuter aircraft landed safely at the airport despite having a huge hole sliced into the side of the plane. The other pilot actually deployed a parachute and the plane glided safely into a field. All right. Stocks tumbled today after a sharp rise in consumer prices spooked investors. And there's concern tonight that inflation could make President Biden's $2 trillion infrastructure bill a tough sell. The president met with leaders from both parties in search of a bipartisan deal. And CBS's Nancy Cordes reports tonight from the White House.
0: We're going to talk a lot about infrastructure today.
2: This meeting may have looked
5: mundane, but it was the first time a U.S. president has sat down with leaders of the opposite party since 2019, when they ended up walking out. We witnessed on the that. part of the yeah. president was a meltdown. Today's confab was more cordial.
0: Is we're going to see whether we can reach some consensus.
5: Though the gulf is almost as wide as ever.
2: The first step is obviously to define what
0: infrastructure is.
5: The White House wants a two trillion dollar package to fund road and bridge repairs, but also electric car incentives and elder care assistance. Republicans favor something about a third of the size without all the bells and whistles. Bottom line, based on what you heard from the president today, are you more optimistic
1: or less? Uh, No, I, I think there's an opportunity that we could work together on infrastructure. Now, let me preface that. We're not interested as long as it's not anything about tax increases. He's
5: talking about the president's plan to hike corporate taxes to pay for all this. Today, GOP leaders called that a red line. They prefer to increase user fees, like tolls.
0: If everything is paid for by a user fee, well, then you know the burden falls on working-class folks who are uh, who are having trouble.
5: Despite those divisions, the president said he came away from this meeting encouraged. And he's sitting down with five more key Republicans tomorrow, a sign that the haggling over infrastructure spending has begun in earnest. Nora,
2: Nancy Cordes, thank you. We're going to turn now to India, where COVID killed a record 4,200 people in the last 24 hours. And experts warn that the daily toll could actually be closer to 25,000. CBS's Chris Livesay continues his reporting from New Delhi.
1: An ambulance is dispatched, but it's too late for the living. Volunteers are risking their lives to collect the dead. Brahm Singh was a 65-year-old retired police officer who couldn't get a bed in the city's bursting hospitals. This pandemic isn't just robbing Indians of their lives, it's robbing them of their dignity. These volunteers are risking their lives to help Indians win back a shred
3: of that dignity.
1: Then a second call. Profound grief, but also relief. Someone has answered their cry for help. What's shocking is that when people die in their homes, they're almost never included in the official death toll in India. At the crematorium, bodies have been burning non stop, says Jitender Singh Shunti. About 500. Uh, More than 500. More than 500 500 bodies in the past three or four weeks. I'm not afraid of dead bodies, he says, but it's so sad to see all these people dying, especially the young. Finally, the bereaved can lay their beloved to rest, something Raman Jokant begs the world to see.
5: This is an example for, for them. If somebody come to ground and spend one day with us,
1: they will never, never, ever.
3: They'll never doubt it again. Yeah,
1: doubt it again. Now, meanwhile, infections and the death toll just continue to soar. And if you needed a way to visualize that, Take a look at all of this wood piled about 10 feet high, longer than the length of a football field. All of it for cremations.
2: Nora? It's just horrific. Chris Livesay, thank you.
6: Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret?
2: Ellen DeGeneres says she's ending her talk show after her next season, her 19th. DeGeneres opened this season with an apology after reports of a toxic work environment surfaced. But she told The Hollywood Reporter that had nothing to do with her decision, saying the show is just not a challenge anymore. All right, tonight the NFL is announcing the schedule for what's being called its biggest season ever. For the first time, all teams will play 17 regular season games and the league anticipates having full stadiums again. Among the marquee matchups when the season kicks off here on CBS, September 12th, a playoff rematch between the Browns and Chiefs and a battle between the Steelers and Bills. The full schedule will be unveiled tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern on the NFL Network. A historic day for the new inductees to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Six performers were named today in Cleveland, and their music proves why they're better than all the rest. You're simply the best. Tina Turner's struts and soaring vocals began turning heads in the 1950s. Today, she joined the most diverse and female filled group of performers ever inducted, including the iconic Carol King. She and Turner became the second and third women to enter the hall twice. Both had already been inducted in partnership with their ex-husbands. First-time nominee Jay-Z can now be in a Hall of Fame state of mind. The Foo Fighters didn't have to fight too hard to get in the hall either. They also made it on their first try. And the Go-Go's, eligible for 15 years, are finally in. 40 years after their debut. With so many Americans unemployed, why are millions of jobs going unfilled? Well, that's tomorrow. And if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Hope you have a good night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey.
7: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator